Hey, welcome to another episode of the First and Fifteen Podcast. Um, I'm Joel Pulliam, and if it's your first time listening, the first comes from the First Amendment, which is the right to free speech, and the fifteenth comes from the Fifteenth Amendment, which is the right to vote, hence the name. Um, there was some news that dropped just a few hours ago uh, from a uh, state I grew up in, South Carolina. Um, the state Supreme Court, which is all male, voted uh, four to one to uphold the six-week abortion ban that they have. Crazy part is that originally the ban was struck down, but they had a woman on the Supreme Court when when she reached retirement age, they replaced her quickly, you know, put in another man. And then now we have the four to one decision. So that means for almost all cases, after six weeks or like a month and a half, practically, uh, their abortions are banned in South Carolina. Uh, And what's crazy about this story, first of all, it's insane. Um, but what's crazy about the story is that I was actually going to talk about abortion rights today and, you know, and then this drops. What led me to talk about abortion rights in this podcast was actually a story I read in Time Magazine earlier this week. And and I'm going to tell you, it's really heavy, but I feel like people need to hear this. Um, basically, uh, Time Magazine did an article about a girl who they named Ashley, you know, for privacy concerns. And she's 13, about to enter the seventh grade. And um, she's a black girl. um, And she lives in Clarksdale, Mississippi. And tragically, you know, she's a victim of a rape by a stranger outside of her home. And as a result, she becomes pregnant. And it... I mean, when I tell you it was tough to read, you know, her her mom describes that, you know, she was quiet. She didn't say anything about the sexual assault that had happened to her, you know, and, and I would think it'd be very hard for a 13-year-old girl to open up about that, let alone anybody. And eventually they started to see, like, changes in her diet, and she was throwing up, and so they took her to the hospital, and they found out that she was pregnant. And first of all, I just want us to think about that. Imagine being a 13-year-old girl. You have your whole life in front of you. Someone rapes you. And you go to the hospital and find out. Alongside the traumatic experience, you're pregnant by, by your attacker. Imagine how lonely, confusing that would feel. At 13, I'm, you're, I mean, you're a child. So I... I, I Reading it, I was just blown away. I, I, I couldn't imagine myself in her shoes. And understandably, you know, her and her family, they wanted to terminate that pregnancy. But living in the state of Mississippi, Mississippi has a 15-week abortion ban. So after 15 weeks, you're no longer allowed to have an abortion. And originally, um, it was a, a federal judge struck it down as being unconstitutional, but When the Supreme Court struck down Roe v. Wade, the ban came back. And before the actual ban, Ashley could have went to multiple clinics around her area or in the state of Mississippi. But almost immediately after Roe v. Wade is struck down, they're all closed. And so the nearest one she could go to was Chicago, nine hours away. And originally her mom, she was going to drive her up there. But when they added up the cost of, of food, of gas finding somewhere to stay, and the abortion cost itself, they didn't have enough money. So Ashley had to stay in Mississippi 
and have her child. And reading that, that broke my heart. Not only does she have to carry the baby of her rapist, she couldn't even get enough money to go out of state. And so, like, when people act as if, you know, abortions are this thing people do willy-nilly, man, it costs that. It's not easy to have an abortion. I mean, look, I'm a man, so I can't speak from experience, but from what I've heard, you know, from, from people I've known, it's not easy to have an abortion. You look at the cost to go out of state. And the fact that she had to sit there and have a baby that she did not ask for, man, it's heartbreaking. And this happens like way more than what we like to admit in America. There are thousands of Ashleys in America. You know, there, there are thousands of women, and, and, and in this case, young girls who are victims of rape, who are victims of, of incest, and they have to suffer in silence. They have to carry babies because of dumb abortion bans. They have to carry babies they didn't ask for. And in this case, this girl is 13, man, 13. And then when she doesn't want to carry this burden for the rest of her life, you know what I'm saying, an unwanted pregnancy, you won't even allow her to do that. You're killing her future. So now she's set back financially. It's going to hinder her, her education, the opportunities she's going to have in life. This is something she will have to live with for the rest of her life. She's 13, man. A pregnancy could kill her. And you're asking her to carry that baby full time? That's crazy. And, and what really, really makes me mad is that when, when girls have babies, when, when young people have babies, we bash them, we cast them aside, we judge them, we shut them, when a lot of times it is a result of a rape. It is a result of incest. But then when they try to make a responsible decision and, and terminate a pregnancy that they didn't want or they're not ready for, you still stand in the way and you ruin their future. It's like a lot of people in this country they don't want to help anyone. They want to break you down. They want to break young people down. They want to break girls down. Kill their spirit. And then you force them to have a child, especially black girls, in a society that doesn't even care about them. And as a black girl in Mississippi, Ashley was, you know, she's already against the odds. Mississippi has the second highest maternal mortality rate in the country, right? 43 out of every 100,000 pregnancies ends in a fatality for the mother. Black, black women, they're four times more likely to die in childbirth than white women. So imagine what that is for a young black girl. Like one in four women in Mississippi don't have a birthing hospital within 30 minutes. And so, you know, I, I want to make a point about that. A lot of times people who aren't from the deep south, they, they, they make fun or they bash people down there when they don't understand the hell. Especially, you know, our women and girls have to live through. There, there already is a, a lack of, of black doctors and OBGYNs and, you know, the, the, the medical racism that we have. And I'm not going to act like I'm an expert on these things because I'm not. But, you know, all it takes is just to care and, and to, to listen from people, women who are on the front lines of this and women who have went through this. You know, all it takes is just, you know, just to listen. You know, another aspect of, of Ashley's story is just her apprehension to, to speak to someone, to speak with her her family about what had happened to her and it's not without cause you know she probably feared that you know people would try to shame her or, or judge her or that people wouldn't believe her at all because that does happen a lot you know and she probably didn't trust the judicial system either I mean there are lack of charges when it comes to 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 rape victims when they're black uh 
I mean, the stats even show it. Less than 1% of rapes lead to a federal conviction. So imagine for black women and girls how small that number is. And that leads to that apprehension. That's why 63% of sexual assaults, they're never reported. You know, and, and here's another stat that, I mean, it, it's crazy. One in four black girls will be sexually abused before the age of 18. So it shows you how prevalent this is, man, in this country. And, and, and black women and black girls are made to bring children into a society that has no love for them. One that won't give them equal opportunities when it comes to education or to jobs or to wealth. Shoot, I mean, the wealth gap is still the same that it was in the 60s. You know, we got to address the religious aspect, right? The control aspect. I'm going to be honest. The evangelical, the, the religious right, they've been the cause of most of our country's problems, period. And I know they, they spout about, you know, a lot of times chastity and, you know, purity and rumors and protecting. Look, there are a lot of sickos in the evangelical movement. You see it every day, like another pastor, you know, being arrested for raping a child or sexual assault. And look, I am a son of a pastor, right? So, but but my dad, he's one of the good guys. Like, he's a really great pastor, first of all. I just want to get out the way. He's one of the few pastors I would ever even listen to or sit up under um, because he's not a hypocrite. But there are a lot of ministries that have those youth ministers, that have those ministers who, who, are, who are sickos, who hurt children, who, who rape people. So, like, that's just the honest truth. I'm, I'm, I'm being honest with you. And I think that's sometimes, and I hate to get into religion like this, but that's sometimes, like, that's why I cringe when I see, like, how black people have gotten into the evangelical, some black people got to the evangelical movement because it is not meant for us. Like, this isn't just, like, Christianity. Like, I'm a Christian. No, nah, the evangelical movement is something twisted. And I and I hate to see black people join the evangelical movement. I'm just being honest with you. Because, again, it wasn't meant for you. I think of the legacy of this country, right? I, I, I think of the white men who raped black women, who raped black girls and, and forced them to have babies. And you see that legacy today. I mean, you look at the story of, of, of Ashley. That's that's America. That's the evil side of America. The side that will force a 13 year old to carry the child of her attacker who raped her. You know, and another part that I mean is crazy is that the police, they're not putting any effort to solve this case. At least not enough. Like they haven't. The, Ashley's had her baby and they haven't even come to collect the DNA sample to try to find a suspect, you know, and it goes back to the point of what we said about police not really helping with these cases of rape, especially with, with black women and black girls. I do want to turn my attention, though, um, I, within my community, the black community, and before I say what I'm about to say, our community is no different from any other community. I'm not saying we have more issues with this or something like that. That's not what I'm saying, but I want to address my community. You know, uh, we don't talk about cases like Ashley. We don't talk about those things in our community enough. I mean, obviously, as a nation, we don't. 
you know, and, and, and it's in every ethnic group. But I'm saying just within our community, we don't talk about it enough. You know, it's our duty as a community to protect our sisters, to protect our young girls, obviously protect all children. But in this case, we're talking about girls because of the time article with Ashley. Right. That that's our duty. And like, I'll say this, you know, when it comes to brothers, I'll be on the front line every time to speak up when it comes to police, uh, when it comes to the lack of job opportunities, the lack of resources. I'll always be front and center for that. But at the same time, we have to show that same passion, that same support for our sisters, for our girls. They deserve that same energy. And I'll say this, you know, freedom for black people won't just come from black men like me being free. Like, unless it includes all types of black people, no matter the, the gender, no matter the class, no matter the sexuality, no matter what, unless it includes all black people, then it's not truly freedom. Because if we can't have these conversations, if we can't, you know, stand up for black women and black girls, then we're not achieving that freedom we're striving for every day. You know, I think it was a quote by Maya Angelou. She says, the truth is no one of us can be free until everybody is free. We all need each other as a community. And that need should lead us to protect one another, to care for each other, to love one another, and to fight for each other. And, and to me, this is even bigger than the issue of abortion itself in the sense of this, right? I don't care you know, you can have your own personal religious beliefs of abortion or whether you would do it or not. That's fine. What I'm saying is that it's even bigger than that. This is about a human being's choice to dictate what happens to their body, the right to dictate their future, to dictate their destiny, because in the case of Ashley, she didn't have that right. You know, and as a 13 year old, she's burdened with issues that only adults should have to deal with. As a child, man, she's burdened with that as a child. And I know these are these are difficult, you know, conversations to have, you know, and they're rarely had, especially among us men. But I would tell men, you know, I'd ask, like, think of issues not from your own perspective. I think subconsciously, society teaches men that, that everything revolves around us. You know, like even women. But I would just, you know, I would ask men to, to think about it this way. Like the burdens that women have, they should be our burdens. Whatever whatever troubles them should trouble us. You know, I, I'm reminded of a prayer, uh, you know, where they say, Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. And I'm very sure Ashley's situation, you know, even if you're not religious, you know, I'm... I'm a Christian. I believe it breaks. I know it breaks God's heart to see what happens, what happened to Ashley and what happens to Ashley's all around this world. And so we have to think about it that way. Whatever breaks another person's heart should break ours. And I do hope that when we speak about these issues, we stop saying that we care about women because they could be someone's sister or someone's mom or someone's wife. Well, really, the only reason we should care is because they're human beings. And, you know, I'm not going to act as if I'm an expert on these things because I'm not. You can listen to a lot of women who are on the front lines of this fight and who have been through the, you know, they've experienced what Ashley's experienced. They've been, there are survivors that you should listen to. Um, so, again, I'm not an expert or anything like that. I just wanted to, to say something because, you know, again, I feel like 
man, we don't have these conversations enough. You know, and before we end this, I want to go back to Ashley, um, the the interviewer from Time Magazine. They they asked her, how do you feel, like how did you feel when you found out you were pregnant? And she responded, not happy, not good. And it hit me just reading those few words like, this is a girl, a 13-year-old girl, someone who's not old enough to drive, someone who's not even in high school yet is burdened with the responsibility of taking care of another human being. And that time, interviewer, that reporter's going to go home. And, and I'm glad they, they, they shined a light on, on Ashley's story. But they're going to go home and Ashley's going to have for the rest of her life to deal with the traumatic experience she's been through and a baby that she did not ask for. And the tragic thing is she's not the only one. There's thousands of Ashleys around this country, around this world, and no one cares for them. They're unheard. They they probably feel voiceless. People judge them. People shame them. People hate them. People say that they're the cause of their problems, and that it's their fault. And we all know that's a lie. And to the people who, who might listen to this, and they're not moved by Ashley's story, I'm going to be honest, you need to check your heart. Check yourself. Because there's something wrong with you if a story of a child who's raped and has to carry the baby of her attacker, if that doesn't move you, there's something seriously wrong with your heart. What really gets me is that, you know, we live in a country that prides itself on freedoms, but you know, people will complain about not being able to hold, you know, having an assault rifle. People will complain about having to wear a mask during a pandemic. But then they want to dictate the bodies of women and of young girls. And then when, you know, a woman or a girl, they're a victim of rape or incest. They want them to carry full term a baby they didn't even ask for. You see how hypocritical that sounds? And if you say that you do care. Right, because a lot of people say they do care. That means, a, you're gonna have to start holding people accountable for these egregious acts, those who rape, those who commit incest. That means holding accountable people in your family, people that you know and love, holding them accountable. And b, that means holding powerful leaders accountable for these dumb abortion restrictions we see across the nation. And I'm not a preacher or anything like that, but I do know. It just comes down like we got to care more. That's really it. I want to thank you for, for listening. I don't take it for granted when when people listen to my podcast or anything like that. Um, and I hope that, you know, we have these conversations more, especially amongst us men. Now we're going to end this podcast the same way we always do. There's nothing wrong with being upset because passion only means one thing, that you're still alive. God bless.